to Business Scale Insights with Kimberly Marie Bonner. Listen for commentary, interviews, and information on how to grow your business. For all the details, contact BusinessScaleInsightsNetwork.com. So, Empire Builders, are you ready? Here's Kimberly Marie Bonner. Hello, Danielle St. Louis. Thank you so much for joining the Business Scale Insights podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to be here. Oh, my word. We have talked offline for a minute about all (laughs) things related to lenders and banks and COVID-19. So I'm so excited that you are going to be sharing with our listeners today what small business owners need to know about lenders during COVID-19. I'm just excited that you are bringing your expertise And I hope that everyone listening, particularly small business owners, has a pad and a pen out because Danielle is a fountain of knowledge and she's (laughs) going to share all of her wisdom with everyone listening today. So, uh, Danielle, I know you very well. I know your background, but many of our listeners do not know you. So please introduce yourself and let us know more about your background and your current work. Okay. Um. So my name is Danielle St. Louis. I'm actually a native Floridian, born and raised in Miami. Yeah. (laughs) So um, my family's from the Caribbean, as most people in the South Florida will be able to relate to. Um, Very briefly, before even working, I was schooled in the U.S., went to school, finished it in Togo in West Africa. I attended Cornell, the School of Industrial Labor Relations up there, and I moved back from New York to Florida to be closer to my family. And, you know, as a millennial, it's smarter to be at home and minimize my expenses rather than live in New York. Um, And started in nonprofits. And after about three years of being here, I moved to work in, let's see, I went from arts, I went from arts and education into the field I am in now with CBIS Florida. And I'm sure most people listening don't know about BBIS either, so I can explain that as well. Is that okay? Yes, absolutely. Okay, perfect. So BBIS stands for Black Business Investment Fund of Florida. It's a Florida-based community development financial institution, and we're definitely going to get into that later in the podcast. So BBIS has a very unique story. It was founded by the state of Florida in the 1980s as a response to the racial riots happening in Miami at the time. And the state of Florida understood that black businesses were not being served at all when it came to traditional, national, statewide banks. So they created black business investment corporations in the major metropolitan areas of Florida. And DBIS is one of those. So we grew from being a small Orlando-based BBIC into a statewide CDFI. And I'm now the regional director for the South Florida market, which includes Palm Beach, Broward, and Miami Dade County. Wow, that's that's a great story. And yeah. it's a it's a great segue into our story together mm-hmm. in the sense of why I reached out to you <laughs> uh, in the midst of this paycheck protection plan. Uh, rollout 
with um, banks and lending institutions. Um, One of the reasons why uh, Danielle and I really have started getting to know one another and work together is because what I was seeing at the beginning of the rollout of the Paycheck Protection Plan, particularly the first wave Mm -hmm. of the Paycheck Protection Program, was that really minority and women-owned businesses were being iced out. And I included myself in that, but it wasn't just me. It was everywhere I was looking. It was a similar uh, narrative and it was all over the news. It was all over social media. It was all Mm -hmm. over Twitter. And so I knew Danielle and I reached out to her via email and then we jumped on a call and then she started educating me. (laughs) (laughs) She started really educating me about really really what's going on and the difference between banks and different types of lending institutions and a banking relationship. And Mm -hmm. from that conversation um, actually spawned the idea for us to reach out to more uh, small businesses with this information. And so I'm going to do a shameless plug of the No Small (laughs) Business Left Behind virtual summit that's going to happen um, on May 12th. Um, Many of you, some of you will be able to uh, check that out. Others of you might be able to check out the rebroadcast, but be that as it may, um, all of that really, if we're honest, Danielle, was birthed out Mm -hmm. of our conversation. I agree. (laughs) It really was birthed (laughs) out of our conversation. So I fully agree. I really wanted you to take time during my podcast to share with the listening audience, particularly those who are minority and female-owned small businesses, break mm-hmm. it down as far as, you know, okay, what are the different types of lending institutions that are out there? And why is it that big banks don't necessarily attend to the needs of smaller micro-owned mom-and-pop businesses and Black-owned businesses, Latino-owned businesses, Mm Asian-owned businesses, women-owned businesses. (laughs) Because when you see the data from the Paycheck Protection Plan, it's pretty bad. It's It's pretty bad. It's horrible. And actually, I read an article, there might be a third tranche of PPP um, loans coming through. Most likely it's going to happen. And lobbyists, are lobbying for their firm to get access to those funds. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, break it down. What What do we need? I think this is a learning moment. And mm-hmm. how do small business owners, particularly minority, I'm talking to minority small business owners right now. Okay. How, do we, how do we need to pivot when it comes to our, our relationships with these different types of lenders what are the different types of lenders that are out there? And again, why are there some, why, why is it important for our audience to understand the differences between these lending institutions and their focus? Okay. That's, there's a lot in that question. <laughs> I know, I know. So I will just start. And I think the first thing we need to agree on is what is a small business. So I've seen people who, seem 
America is about 90% small business outside of Walmart, Apple, Google, Microsoft, and maybe Delta. And everything under those few are all deemed small business. And I've seen some people who have, it depends on your industry, but what I like to go with is under a million dollars a year. I think that's really the standard for a small business when I, when I speak to other banks. And I think for most minority businesses, we fall even lower. So less than $50,000 a year in revenue for some businesses, depending on who or what they're doing, right? So I think, well, first with big banks, every big bank is going to prioritize a bigger deal because the interest rates on those, that one to 2% difference is going to rake them in a lot of money. That smaller minority businesses just don't bring in because of our size. And as a historically underbanked, underserved community, and by underbanked, I mean, we couldn't even get into some banks until recently. Yes. We, we start way, way behind. There is a start line and we're about 50 yards behind. You know, so it's very difficult for us to get into those institutions and even get them thinking about us because of these limitations. Now, the government understood this and they released regulations, CRA regulations, Community Reinvestment Act, and banks do need to lend in our communities and they do need to lend to minorities and they do need to lend to people of a certain income. And they usually work that way um, and do that work through companies like mine, Community Development Financial Institutions, or CDFIs. So banks do lend into communities and they do help communities, but it's very rare that you're going to go directly to a big bank store and get that money from them. You'd have to go to a smaller community lender who probably partners with them. And depending on the size of the bank and the areas they prioritize, even though that bank may exist in your area, a local city of five may not partner with them because to that bank, that area is not um, important. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Okay. So let me get into the different types of financing and options for small business owners. And the first one, which I think is like the most overlooked, is the small business owner's local city or county office for small business or economic development. Um, not everywhere has these offices, but they're the best place to start as they tend to have relationships with community-focused and mission-driven lenders. So it really does depend on where your business is located in the city or county, um, how you run your business, if it's storefront or out of your home, you might be eligible for grants from your city or county. Um, those there are CRA dollars which are Community Redevelopment Act dollars, and it gets very confusing with the CCRAs, that um, state, counties, and cities, they get access to these dollars to revitalize and redevelop their cities or towns, right? So some cities do that with big development projects where they partner with big developers with those CRA dollars, and some give out mom and pop grants or grants to help you fix your storefront. So you should definitely look to these offices because they're not lenders, but you can get a grant and you can get some money. Now, and, are they, let's, let's pause because mm -hmm. in Broward County, we have, you know, our office of small business and economic development. 
which really yep. does a great job. Sandy McDonald does a great job in getting the word out about, uh, you know, government contracting opportunities. Yeah. How, yes. However, comma, I really have not seen really publicity re- regarding an enormous amount of grants out there. So you're saying I could just call this office and they're probably going to uh, direct me to their website and there's just going to be a, like a gallery of grants possibilities that I could possibly apply for? So every county is different. With Broward, I know that the best way to get a grant is not through that office directly, mm-hmm. but through the Fort Lauderdale CRA. So Community Redevelopment Agency. Oh, and Florida, okay. Florida is different from other states. In other states, those offices are tend to be one in the same. Okay. Florida is the only state that I know of that has developed this quasi-governmental body to disperse the funds. Oh. But they tend to work together. Yeah. So every city is different. I know um, the city of North Miami, their CRA is very business grant focused. Um, even the city, their council is business grant focused. They give business owners grants or even um, no interest, different types of, like a very untraditional loan to business owners to get ACs. And they give them a grant to fix their storefront. Um, so with Broward, I know that they have a startup competition. So they do the Kaufman Fast Track, which is Kaufman has developed this program for people who want to be in business. Yes. To help take them through yes. all the stages from idea to law. Yes, very familiar then, with that. It's a great program. It is. And I know Broward County has done it in the past. And when they finish, their business owners, the top three who give the best business plan, they get to do a business pitch competition and they give them a certain amount of money that is technically a loan, but they don't really, you know, because they're a small business and because they're new, they don't even expect those funds to necessarily come back. So it's technically a loan, but it's a forgivable and it doesn't impact your credit score. Okay. So that's clear. Thank you. Keep going and talk mm-hmm. to me more about the CDFIs and how. Oh, that's my next point. Yes. Yes. So a CDFI is a community, community development financial institution. And this is a lender that is actually approved by the U.S. Department of the Treasury. And we're actually regulated by them as well. So you have to apply and they approve and you have to have your finances a certain way essentially the same way a bank checks in with the government we do too um we're a lot smaller than your average bank but we lend in a much more strategic fashion so we're not as concerned about your revenue your profit after tax we're concerned about how can you grow your business and how can us give you money grow your business and we're also concerned about as your business grows how will you positively impact your community so this means that we tend to lend to communities that are riskier, low to middle, low to moderate income communities who might not get bank dollars in terms of loans. And we are mission focused. So Black, BBIF's mission is to really lend to Black businesses. Um, now, CDFIs will have certain minorities, whether it's female, certain ethnic minorities, or race minorities that they lend to. But we do lend to everyone, and we don't give a preference based on 
race, ethnicity, gender, or location over another. But you just need to know that we do like to focus on people who are historically underserved and underbanked. I mean, we lend to white men all the time, but the people that we know really need our help, we really, really, really want to lend to black business owners and minority business owners. So um, I think it's a very powerful thing to say that in this country that we're lending to people of a certain race because we know they've been underserved and underbanked. Um, and, you know, most people will not say that, but CDFIs are kind of the unsung heroes to do. And I think what's a really important part of the CDFI world is that we offer technical assistance, which is essentially business consulting to our small businesses as well. So that business consulting is we'll have someone who's a marketing expert come in and speak to you about marketing. We have accountants, at least CBIS. We have consultants that we pay to sit with our business owners at our monthly roundtables to discuss what their business needs. So every month, our business owners get the chance to speak to experts about their business. And that's how we see our company grow over time. Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it's because they're smaller, CDFIs do tend to, um, they're a little bit more strained in resources, but especially now during COVID-19, people are realizing when needed. So please use your local CDFI to help you grow, essentially. That's the best, that's the best way to start because they, with us, we deal with the riskiest on banks will never touch your business if you lend with us. But by the time these businesses are finished, we're usually able to hand them off to a bigger bank or a community bank to continue a lending relationship. And so from that point, the banks are really the next stage for business owners. You have both national banks and local and regional community banks. And Kim, you and I have discussed about the differences between the two. And I will always recommend a local regional bank over a bigger national bank, just because I see that national banks have been becoming more efficient, which means less bodies in your local branch. Whereas regional community banks, I see really, really prioritize relationships with their clients. You know, and let's just stop there. It's interesting because um, we had an article highlighting a South Florida IT management firm um, mm -hmm. in Miami Gardens that was owned, um, minority owned, and they had mm -hmm. a hard time getting the their paycheck protection program um, approved through Bank of America. And mm -hmm. um, I connected them with Danielle, but it's funny, after they got this negative press, um, surprise, surprise, after five weeks, they were approved. Um, I doubt very seriously. <laughs> and I've heard this, Danielle, so many times mm -hmm. on social. After people complained, yeah. they went to the media, and that negative PR uh, got up the chain of command, people got approved. Mm -hmm. And I've even had one gentleman on my LinkedIn said, you know, if it hadn't been for the people that he knew, um, 
that were high up in the chain of command at one uh, particular bank, he probably wouldn't have gotten approved. I think that mm -hmm. highlights what you're talking about and the difference mm -hmm. between a national bank and a local or regional bank because mm -hmm. they there's a distance um, between these smaller okay. businesses. There's a disconnect, there's a distance. And at the very least, you won't necessarily have to go on CBS, NBC, CNN, <laughs> and Fox <laughs> News, right? In order I'm... to get a local or regional bank's attention, including, you know, mm -hmm. credit unions. I'm seeing them, people, yeah. I've heard that so many times. They applied through their local credit union and they got approved in like a week. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm... coming out of this, hopefully, particularly for micro businesses, uh, minority owned small businesses, mom and pop businesses, mm -hmm. I really think people need to adjust. I really do think they need I, to adjust. I do. I agree. I think so. I will just be very candid. BBIF partners with big national banks all the time. I'm sure. And we are kind of, when these big banks, these pain points we're seeing, um, it's really up to BBIF. And what we do is we kind of stand in that gap created. And I, I feel for both the small businesses and the big banks, because for big banks, their priority is the bigger loans, the ones, the bigger deals that are going to net them more money so that they can provide services to the communities they do serve. But with the Paycheck Protection Program, everyone needs help. Absolutely. So there's, there's this model of prioritize the bigger deals and these smaller businesses are left behind. And it's funny because I get that they are incentivized um, mm -hmm. to do what's in their best interest to make more money. But this is mm -hmm. not this. We're talking about the survival of bank of I'm sorry, of merchants businesses. and businesses. And yes. let's also be clear, communities. I agree. I agree. And I think what's very interesting about COVID-19 are is um, the way businesses have to learn to pivot, not just the businesses that need help with their businesses being closed, but the big businesses like banks who are providing a service that people so desperately need. And I think what we're seeing is these big banks are realizing that the way they've been structuring themselves really ever since the 2008 crisis, the, the impact of technology and everything, they are finding that that gap they have between themselves and their smallest customers has widened to a place they may not be able to actually help serve them as well as they used to. And I think that's where alternative lending institutions are going to fill the gap, um, mm -hmm. not just CDFIs and the ones that we've talked today, mm -hmm. but I see, you know, credit the union. entire credit unions, but I also see, you know, the financial, the fintech, um, yes. folks, I think they're coming in and they're going to fill this void in an amazing way because they already recognize um, and Jack Dorsey and other re others recognize that there's a whole unbanked mm -hmm. population, right? There is. Um, there is. And they recognize it and they understand that that is kind of a sweet spot. So in the future, mm -hmm. I think we're going to see a, even more of a disruption. Like COVID, yes. COVID has accelerated a lot of disruption, obviously. But I think mm -hmm. in banking, I'm just going to be the the futurist here. 
it's going to accelerate. <laughs> it's going to accelerate on a whole nother level, kind of uh, small business banking as we've known it. That's just my yeah. two cents. I agree. And I actually want to touch on Jack Dorsey and the like, and these fintech businesses. So I think Square is a great example. Um, business owners who use Square to accept payments mm-hmm. were able to do loans yes. through Square even before COVID. Yes. And Square hopped on to this whole PPP madness and did a really great job of navigating. They did. And um, so the form of financing that they use is actually revenue-based financing. Um, this is new. Not a lot of traditional lenders, I don't think I know of any, use them. So essentially, they will give you a loan. These companies, where is a perfect example, they'll give you a loan based on your future earnings. So it's very different from debt and equity yes. because there is interest. But your payments are based, at least for Square, as you accept payments, they take a percentage out of those payments you receive from customers to pay down your balance. One of my um, one of my clients is actually doing that, and mm-hmm. she's incredibly happy with yes. that product. Ecstatic about it. I'm, I am ecstatic because what our communities used to know revenue-based financing as before was payday loans. I know. So it's, I love the fact that people are coming in and taking what should be an equitable model that has been used so negatively and kind of turning it on its head and using it in a way that's really empowering small businesses. And that, and that the, the, the squares, mo- squares model, particularly for um, e-commerce-based businesses, like I said, mm-hmm. she's ecstatic. I mean, and, you, and mm-hmm. if, if your customers are happy... <laughs> That's kind of all that counts. You know what I mean? So, I and I think the the beautiful thing is that Square has the capital to front these loans, and I really hope to see more. Like I'm sure Stripe will get into it if they're not already into it. Maybe PayPal as well. I really hope to see more lenders, or not even lenders, but these technologies that we use to accept payments. I hope that more will jump in on this because I think it's a great way for them to grow and reach profitability if they already don't have it. Awesome. I can't believe it, but we're um, we're truly running out of time, but I knew you had to cover a lot. And I know yeah. that um, what you, those gems of wisdom that you dropped in this episode are going to help so many people, so many people. So I can't thank oh, you enough. Um, I would like you to share your contact information, Danielle. Um, Mm -hmm. I know you are active in the South Florida community. Um, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. you know, I know it's a busy time with Paycheck Protection (laughs) Program and all that good stuff, but please share your details because I know so many people would love to reach out to you. Of course. So my email is dstlu ce at cbis.com and that's the best way to reach me i respond usually within like a business day um and i will say please follow all the best email practices when emailing me (laughs) i've received a few that have made me cringe (laughs) 
And as a 25-year-old interacting with adults that are 10 plus years my senior, it definitely can be jarring when some of the emails I receive. Oh, no. So, <laughs> All right, folks. Yeah, I mean, I could get into it. But Let's try to adult <laughs> here when you're, when you're reaching out. But you know what? I just think that people are so... We are living in just a bizarro time. Just a, it's unprecedented. It, and people, quite frankly, sadly, Dan, Danielle, and I'm seeing this up close and personal on a lot of different levels, mm-hmm. people are just not I lucid. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I I only say that because when I, when I interact with someone, how they behave professionally during a crisis it can always it can impact so much in the relationship absolutely that's important we could talk honey important we could yeah. talk about <laughs> we, could, we could go on and on and on and on and on yes. and on people just don't understand that so um that's good yeah. to know that's good to know and particularly if you're reaching out to people uh lenders you really want to be cognizant that your first impression is really really important so when, when you when you are reaching out to Danielle or any other lending institution, you really want to remember that your first impression makes a it makes a big difference. So anyway, do you have any parting words of wisdom for the audience? Minimize your expenses. Minimize your expenses. That, Absolutely. That, yes. Absolutely. hundred percent. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm so happy that you came on the show. People are going to learn so much. And I really hope that people listen to this episode repeatedly, that it inspires people (laughs) to really dig into like articles online, get, you know, really get their financial literacy game up, their banking uh, literacy game up. Because it really, Danielle, you have inspired me to do that. Because quite frankly, I thought I understood banks. And then I was like, whoa. (laughs) I really, I'm serious. You have inspired me to go into the vault, as they say, and really do. Glad to hear that. Really do my research. And it has been an eye opener. So I do thank you, not just professionally, but personally. Because you know what? You can't navigate that which you don't really comprehend and understand. You know, in order to play a game, you have to understand the rules of the game. And a lot of people don't understand the rules of the banking game. And so I thank you so much for sharing uh, some of the knowledge of of the rules of the game with us today. Okay? You're most welcome. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Here's to your success, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye. If you already have a proven business model, but have concerns about the best way to grow and scale, then you should contact the experts at New Day Consulting Systems. New Day uses innovative techniques to 10 times the impact of your business. Your local business can become a regional, national, or international enterprise. New Day Consulting Systems will show you how. For more information and to get started with New Day, visit the website at newdayconsultingsystems.com. One word, newdayconsultingsystems.com. To get your business off the ground and into orbit, contact New Day today. Business Scale Insights with Kimberly Marie Bonner. To get her personal attention to you and your empire, go to Business Scale Insights Network. 
Network.com. That's BusinessScaleInsightsNetwork.com. And tune in again next week for more from Kimberly Marie Bonner with Business Scale Insights.